Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 15 of the Research and Focus podcast. My name is Josh Coward, and I will be your host today. Today's podcast features Dr. Rina Zaskis, who will discuss the book, Lesson Play in Mathematics Education, a tool for research and professional development. This excellent book is co-authored by Rina Zaskis, Peter Lillydale, and Natalie Sinclair, and outlines how mathematics educators can develop lesson plays to enhance and enrich mathematics education. Dr. Rina Zaskis is a professor in the Faculty of Education at Simon Fraser University, Canada Research Chair in STEM Teaching and Learning, and an associate member in the Department of Mathematics at SFU. Her research is in the area of undergraduate mathematics education, with a general focus on mathematical content knowledge of pre-service teachers and the ways in which this knowledge is acquired and modified. Rena, I was wondering if you could explain to people uh, what are lesson plays? Lesson plays are my recent adventure. And by recent, it is probably about uh, 12 years. And uh, lesson play is uh, a play, and it is a form of presenting a lesson as a script, as a conversation between a teacher and her students, and in a form of a play. So I'm using theatrical interpretation of the word play. And this is part of my work in teacher education and also in research. I see. Are, are these new? I mean, when were lesson plays started and who were they started by? I started it and encouraged the colleagues to join me. Actually, writing a dialogue, it is not my idea. Some giants presented ideas by dialogue. We can think about Socrates. We can think about uh, Galileo. But uh, in my work and in work of some colleagues, people who are writing plays are teachers and prospective teachers. I see. And um, what's the difference between a lesson play and a lesson plan? Lesson plan is a very standard way of uh, planning for instruction. And everybody who has gone through teacher education at some point in their teacher training and their teacher education had to write a lesson plan and then a unit plan. But for me, those things appeared uh, meaningless. Let's start with there are tons of lesson plans that you can simply download. And also lesson planning does not get to the core of what I consider teaching, of what I consider interaction with students, that I consider attending to students' thinking. So one can write a perfect lesson plan, and if it is done as part of teacher education, as part of a course, get very high marks for it, but it doesn't have what I consider the important stuff, the core of teaching. Can you please maybe outline the process? It sounds more complicated than a lesson plan. In the traditional lesson plan, it is a template that one fills what teacher's idea, what teacher activity, what student activity, what manipulatives you will be using, what, what is the evaluation process, stuff like that. So every standard template has all these rubrics. In the good lesson play, the objectives will be well clarified and there will be good organization and there will be good evaluation process. But I think most important thing is that in traditional lesson plan, there is no attention to student difficulties. 
Uh, there is no attention to the language that the teacher may be using. Uh, there is no significant attention of how students uh, will be supported pedagogically and uh, what specific questions, what specific prompting questions will be asked and how different student reasoning will be treated. And it is not because lesson plan is not good enough, it is because a particular written lesson plan is not good enough, but it is because the template and the format does not allow to all these things to surface. And that's why there is a lesson play that allows for all these things to be taken into account. Rina, I was, I was reading your book and I was wondering what is meant by the phrase form of disturbance which starts things off? Oh, thank you for this question because it comes from uh, the quote from John Mason that I like a lot and I use rather frequently in my writing. And I will just read you this quote. So John Mason wrote, most frequently there is some form of disturbance which starts things off. It may be a surprise remark in a lesson, a particular report showing on a test, something said by a colleague, something asserted in a journal or book, or a moment of insight. I will describe to you this kind of disturbance that started my work with lesson plays. Uh, for quite a long time, I was very, very unhappy with my students writing lesson plans. But that's what they wanted to do. This was the expectation. And they wanted to start. And my students are prospective elementary and secondary school teachers. I should uh, say, preface this. I'm talking about my students in a methods course. So they had this expectation that uh, they prepare lesson plans and they go to their teaching with a bunch of plans prepared. But I was very dissatisfied with this because, as I said, it doesn't uh, go to the core of what I consider the essence of teaching. But we talked about something related in the course about how would you address a student, how would you address a student difficulty. And I asked one of the students, prospective teachers in my class, uh, how would you explain it to a student? People started saying, I would do this. I could do this. I would show that. And I said, don't tell me what you would. And I sort of uh, pulled myself down on my knees and say, I'm your elementary school student. I'm your grade two student. So please talk to me as if you are talking to a student. And she couldn't do this. I asked somebody else to do this and they were not able to do this. And they said the word and then they started to say, I also will show them. So please don't tell me what you will show them. Show me, pretend that I'm your student. And people had very much of a difficulty doing this. So that's what I called my experience of disturbance that started this work. And because they had difficulty doing this, I said, okay, you, it is hard to do it. Staying, you know, you're thinking of on your feet. This is an expression that we use in mathematics education, thinking on your feet. I said, just write it down. And that's how people started writing down how they imagined their response to a student. And from this, my experience of disturbance, this idea of lesson play, of extending upon this idea, uh, that's how this idea uh, sort of um, evolved. Wow, it's great. Um, very impressive. I was wondering if you could perhaps uh, walk us through the process, if you wouldn't mind. So uh, it started by telling students, okay, write a play as you imagine a lesson. And it was not very satisfactory. 
And then we said, students, please write a play in which you address some student difficulty. So we found out that uh, for prospective teachers, the, re the repertoire of student difficulties is um, rather poor. And also they had this very standard way of uh, addressing the difficulty where there are some problems, some incorrect answer, and then a teacher talks to a student in the play, the teacher, teacher character tells the student, oh, it is a nice try. Can somebody else respond? And all of a sudden, a good student some comes up with the correct answer. And uh, wonderful, please, everybody listen to what Josh said and let's follow what Josh suggested. So uh, we were not very happy with this. So we started to develop what we called prompts. And the prompt is the beginning of a play, a beginning of interaction uh, between a student and the teacher. And this interaction, some problem is presented. It could be incorrect answer, it could be uh, insufficient explanation, it could be correct answer, but inappropriate strategy and so on. So we started uh, presenting people with play, with those prompts, and they have to continue the dialogue in a form of a play. And that's what I'm doing, and some of my colleagues are doing in um, our methods courses. And after our students, prospective teachers are writing those plays, we can discuss them in class. We can discuss different strategies, we can discuss different pedagogical approaches. And the idea is to equip prospective teachers with a repertoire of possible approaches. Can you please outline the three main benefits of lesson play? Ooh, don't limit me to three, but I will talk about uh, benefits that um, uh, lesson play can provide to different uh, populations. So lesson play, I see them as very beneficial for teachers and very beneficial for teacher educators and to researchers. Lesson plays belong to the idea and general maybe rubric of um, representations of practice. By writing a lesson play, a teacher has to imagine teaching, has to imagine what happens in a real classroom, what happens in their interaction with students. You know, you cannot do it until you first imagine doing it yourself. So this idea of imagination is very important. So first of all, imagine yourself interacting with students before you actually interact with students. So imagine first, I think it is a very important part. And it is an affordance for teachers because Sometimes they just write things uh, and go into teaching without first thinking hard, thinking in detail about what all this is about. But also it is not uh, thinking on your feet. It is not real time. They have time to plan it. And here maybe I'll go uh, back for a second and talk about uh, uh, role playing. Lesson plays for me or writing scripts for me, I call it imagined role playing. And there's lots of research that outlines the benefits of role playing. This research, not very much used in education, it is mostly in medical profession and in business, that uh, 
people outline how important it is uh, to role play in the beginning and the benefits of retention, the benefits of seeing yourself as another person, the benefits of involvement, the benefits of empathy, the benefit of understanding different perspectives and the deeper engagement with content. All this is outlined in research as benefits of role-playing. But when I want to bring role-play to my classroom, there are two big problems. One problem is the time and participation logistics. So I thought about how can I give all my students the opportunity to participate? And that's where the idea of lesson play is that I relate to it as role play in one's imagination. So now I'm going back to benefits for teachers as I started. I started about imagining. And then I sort of talked about uh, role play. So, and it is an opportunity to think about different perspectives, to think about what could be a student reaction. It is an opportunity to, as I said, imagine real teaching and create repertoire responses on which one can draw uh, later on. So this is for teachers, but also there are not only teachers, there are researchers, and they are teacher educators. And the benefits for researchers and teacher educators, they are sort of go hand in hand. First of all, there is a big assumption when the teacher writes a play, the teacher, this teacher imagines herself or himself in the role of the teacher character. And sometimes we ask them to do this explicitly, like write this play, imagine this interaction as what would you do as if you were a teacher? But even if we don't ask them explicitly to do this, that's what they're doing. They're assuming themselves in the role of a teacher. This gives a researcher an opportunity to examine how this playwriter, what are this person's conceptions about uh, pedagogy, and what uh, are this person's conceptions about the content, about the mathematics, and how the playwriter will support students and also uh, their mathematical discourse, what language they will use. And often we see that teachers themselves are using inappropriate language or incorrect language in their plays. And it is not a slip of a tongue when they think on their feet, it is uh, how they imagine. So if they cannot say correctly when they think about in their play, obviously they will not be able to do it appropriately in their classroom. So this is an opportunity to work on their language, on appropriate definitions, on appropriate terminology, and learn about their views on pedagogy and their uh, personal understanding of mathematical ideas. So this allows a lens for researchers to analyze those plays. It also provides a lens for a teacher educator to work on these ideas later on in the classroom. If I go through this process of playwriting two or three times, I see a big improvement from the first implementation towards the last implementation. I see more attention to students. I see not only the teacher said, okay, you are wrong and this is the correct answer. I see in their plays an attempt to probe and try to understand deeper uh, student thinking. And as a teacher educator, lesson plays provide an opportunity 
to direct further attention to learners. And for me, it is an opportunity to better design my personal methods when I have to teach a methods course. Thank you, Rina. I'm sure we could talk hours on this really interesting topic. I was wondering if there's anything you wanted to add. So the work started with reference to lesson plays, but a colleague directed my attention that actually what um, uh, my students, prospective teachers are writing is not a lesson, it's only part of a lesson. And what is of interest is an interaction. So uh, I changed the terminology. So today I'm not talking about lesson plays, which was the beginning point. I'm talking about script writing. And also people work with prompts and they're writing dialogues, but it is not necessarily a lesson. It is interaction, but not necessarily within a lesson and not necessarily between a teacher and students. It could be among students and uh, it could be with a teacher on the street. So uh, the idea of a dialogue and the play is still there but I stay away from the idea of a lesson. That's great. Um, I was wondering, uh, where can people find out more about this? Do you have a website? Uh, do you have any recommendations? It's a fascinating topic. Uh, First of all, there's a book that is called Lesson Plays Thematics Education. And this book, Lesson Plays Thematics Education, is co-authored with Natalie Sinclair and Peter Leo Dalmai, as a few colleagues. There is a book co-edited by myself and Patricio Herbst that is called Scripting Approaches or Dialogues in Mathematics Education. And it is a collection of um, different uh, chapters from different authors all around the world that uh, use this idea of a dialogue. Uh, some dialogues uh, were media-based and some were just uh, written, but the idea how these students participants, research participants, writing dialogues, how uh, it can inform research in mathematics education. And other than that, there are over a dozen of articles that uh, are readily available if you click by my name. Luckily, I'm not John Smith. And if you look for Rina Tzatskes, you'll find me. Well, thank you so much for your, your time. It's been a wonderful speaking with you. And it, I've worked with you in the past as a support worker and you're a fantastic person to work with. So I wanted to thank you for that and um, really appreciate you taking the time to be a part of this podcast. Thank you.